Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of Build Amazing Things Securely. My name is Laura Belmain, and as well as running SafeStack, I am your host and guide for this and all BATS episodes. Today, we have a great guest with us. We have Andrew here from Tacio. Now, I am seeing that in the, that little way because I saw it written down and my brain went, how do I pronounce this? You'll know this from previous episodes. I'm bad at names. So it's like taco, but not Takyo. So there we go. Uh, you can always say it in that kind of name if you want, in that kind of tone. But jokes aside, welcome, Andrew. It is lovely to have you here today. It's good to have you. So just letting you know, Laura, it's Takeo. Takeo. See, this is what I mean. I am truly terrible with names. No, we're just going to leave it. So Takeo. <laughs> there we go. It no, we, we on this show, we own our mistakes. <laughs> I was uh, going to help you with the taco. Is, is, yeah, no, and no, and then I just got echoes. Tokyo, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. My no, brain just liked name. going there. All right. Okay, so. We just like the sound of it and we like the look of Tico. it. So. <laughs> Tico like taco. Wait, we got it. Okay. So thank you, Andrew. We've already learned things. I've already learned things today. So who are you, the human? Who am I, the human? Okay. Oh, that, that's a very deep question. Oh, <laughs> How long is. do we have? About 25 minutes, 25 minutes? Yeah, I'll steer you if you end up on, you know, laying on a couch and talking about your parent. Um, we'll be fine, though. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I tend to do that. Me as a person, I'm someone that likes to, I've always been very technical. Um, I've been a data-driven kind of person. I love data analytics. I love finding behavioral patterns in data. And it was, there was a point in um, around 2020 when we were going through an acquisition and I was helping around that company and I, I burnt myself out. I, I took some time off I was and I started to really think about my approach. And I think that's what who I am now as a person is I've changed my attitude and my way of thinking about things. And I like still like to use data, but I also love people and I love helping people. And I've always loved helping people. And I've started like this security journey now about helping and relating to people rather than letting technology dictate and letting processes and rigid things dictate. As a person, that's who I am. I love to help. And where I've come from a career perspective, I've done about 10 to 15 years of software development, came from the good old days of that .NET drive, um, went through all the perils of ASP version one, mm. um, and and I think I was very lucky because at that era of working inside companies, we got to see a lot of change in the attitudes of maybe the old guard and the new guard that was coming through, which is this agile process it had, has been around for 50 plus years, but finally getting into those uh, teams and progressing away from the waterfall techniques and uh, having those epiphany moments in when it was all coming out, I think was a very unique position to be in. And that's carried that out as well so yeah developer then i decided to create a really nice portal for everyone to to log into so for some volunteers and i made it vulnerable and it got hacked and oh, no. as we all know about those kind of things it never feels good and i left it for a couple of months but then i started to really get intrigued in it and i've met a couple of really good people they weren't dictating, kind of helped me. Um, they gave me some books to read about the OWASP top 10. There was a book about it and how to do it in .NET. So I read that. And so I started to get my journey in security through Alcorn Group with Wade Alcorn. And he gave me the confidence that I wanted 
to have to start working in security and naturally led me into my APSIC career that I am like sort of journeying on now and now my company that I'm trying to show and help the industry change in the way that I felt back in 2000 into 2010. That's a long time ago now, isn't it? Yeah, um, it's all right. We're all old. We'll just buy that. Don't worry. <laughs> but yeah, that, that's me at the moment. And uh, I've got my business partner, Isaac. Uh, we've got a similar mindset um, about helping cl our clients predominantly rather than just doing the everyday sort of consultancy work. And yeah, that, that's sort of me where I am at the moment. I love my family. Um, I put them above everything else since that burnout period. Um, and I'm, I try and make sure that, you know, our employees have that sort of same mentality and um, hopefully we won't go down the way that it traditionally happens with burnout for certain uh, consultants in our industry. Look, there's many things to unpick here. I'm just going to call out a few things. Firstly, hat tip to the OG Wade Olcom, who, if you haven't met him, folks <laughs> at home, is genuinely a nice human. Do reach out and have a look at what he's up to and what he's done. Uh, is an, an impressive career path he's built for himself. And I know he's impacted a lot of people, not just the lovely Andrew here today. It's a big step to, to build your own company, Andrew. So that's really amazing. Um, and congratulations. Um, burnout is a terrible thing. And I'm sure many of the audience have been around that in some way, but to come back from that and choose to build something of your own is huge. So fantastic. Uh, really excited. And that's why I wanted to have you on today, because <laughs> some of the ways you think, Andrew, are a little bit unusual. And when we've been talking in the past, there are ways that you think about bringing security to software that we haven't thought about before, or at least I haven't thought about. So I wanted to dig in today of with the breadth of experience you have with all of the things you've seen. What is it you do in AppSec that's a bit weird and different? And what can we learn from you? Look, it is a bit weird and a bit different. And it's probably a weird and different to maybe our, like our fellow folks in security. But if you were to talk to an engineer and to a product manager, these kind of ways of thinking are actually fairly straightforward in what they do every day and how they do things. And I definitely felt that way when I first was introduced to most of these processes that I like to like that I like to do with companies when I go in and have a look around. And I didn't necessarily start thinking this way. I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And I think that's something that, you know, I hope your viewers um, and listeners like get to listen to that and say, oh, I don't want to make mistakes, make as many mistakes as you can. Because <laughs> if I didn't make those mistakes, I wouldn't have the mental like thinking that I have right now. Don't be arrogant about it differently. Generally, that's a good And I encourage my children, always think differently and don't worry about if people say that it's wrong. You personally know if you're on the right track and you think positively. So give it a go and it's okay to make those mistakes. Um, all right, you've got us all so intrigued, Andrew. Okay, we've got permission to make mistakes. It's all going to feel a bit weird. I feel like we're being briefed on some kind of crazy adventure here. So what are these processes Good. that you're borrowing from the existing software world, from the existing product world, um, and where do they fit into security? So generally, with application security, we want to fit into the lifecycle of a product or SSDLC, so the software development lifecycle is something that we that we all start with when we when we talk about apps and, and where we're going to inject security. I've tried that before. And when I've come in with threat modeling processes of different maturities of different things, I've started from asking those three key questions, what can go wrong, all those kind of things to full on blowing spreadsheets, questions that would generally help us, but maybe not help an engineer who's too busy doing work. Um, so, you know, the very first one that 
I got to be involved in is the Rosebud Thorn. And it was part of a retro session with one of the teams. And it was basically trying to get what they had done wrong, what they'd done right, and what do they want to actually do um, further in the future. And I've taken that sort of approach to how I come into companies and the way like where everything is, because if you get a bunch of very intelligent, smart people in a room and you ask them a few questions and you break up those sessions into smaller sessions with smaller groups of people, you really start to get how they're feeling and mm. where security truly actually is. Because you can sit in a room and talk about it as we all have done in, through auditors and all that kind of stuff. But if you don't truly believe that what you're doing is actually going to make a difference, then you don't want to. And I found that get, letting everyone get it out. And generally, you do find there's a lot of thorns. And then talking Hang, about... I'm going to have to stop you, Andrew, because believe it or not, I don't know what rosebud thorn is. Can you just step us backwards? And what is a rose? And what is a bud? And what is a thorn? Because I don't think we're in the garden right now. <laughs> so... When you think about a, like a rose, it generally goes through the, the phases of growth. And so you've got the thorn, which hurts you. So that's the bad, the things that, you know, you're not generally happy with and what you're going and how you're progressing. You've got the bud, which is your growth. So what do you want to do and how do you want to do it? Uh, what do you uh -huh. think you can do better? And then you've got your flower, which is the thing that you are doing well. And that's probably one of the most important things to, because it's usually the one that isn't filled out the most when you have these kind of sessions. And it's that process of taking those thorns and actually talking and digesting some of those, those things together that they actually do turn out to be flowers. That's ah. pretty much the gist. Today I um, learned. <laughs> and yeah, I just found it like it's anyone that hasn't done it, even going through that process that we just went through a little bit before it makes you break out of the normal mundane routines of what's going on um, and allows people to relax and do things. And the more sessions, sessions you do, um, something that I've, that I wasn't doing in the past, but I'm starting to do now is keep a track of each one mm. and to show, and maybe we might talk about it a bit more, but we've got to show when you talk about these kind of processes, it's hard to measure and sort of one of the experiments sort of going with right now, um, with seeing how I can measure like a company's growth and culture through this process by showing them like this was a thorn four quarters ago and now it's a it's turned into a rose and things like that and it, it helps teams show that they're actually are growing um in security i love culture. this i love this because we talk a lot about return on investment and you'll see lots of marketers who say hey do this thing and you will get 100 million dollars return on this or 93 percent of bugs are stopped in their tracks but in reality most of that's just made up hype i love the yes. idea that while this is quite a, it's a cultural exercise, it's, we're not talking about how many bugs were on Tuesday versus Wednesday. The way you're structuring this and coming back to it is giving you those reference points to see growth over time. And I think taking that extra time to make sure you've recorded it and can see and take the moment to look back and see that um, is something we can all remember to do more of. It's really easy to keep going forward and not take stock and remind ourselves how far we've come. Yeah. No, definitely. And just as keeping to who I am as a human, I do not to the point of practicing it by writing it down. I do that with my partner. Um, I do that with my parents. And it does grow a sense of communal and that kind of thing too. Because we all live busy lives and being able to reflect and don't generally do much. 
Okay, so I'm loving this. We're borrowing processes that are already established. They already work. We know that. And we're applying them into our space. Now, what's the benefit of using a process that people are already familiar with instead of bringing in a new one, do you think? There's lots of process, like lots of benefits. I always go back to that mistake that I made when I came in with all these processes that I thought were amazing. And I said before, I'm a data person. So I love writing up processes, how it's going to work and everything. And the concept of like build shock, and I get process oh. shock. Um, and you're working in these highly scalable, highly moving teams. They've already had their velocity. They're working very well. And then all of a sudden, the security consultant comes in and disrupts it. And there are techniques you know, inside Agile that help disruption, but ultimately you don't want to disrupt. And the thing that I do like to do is like the Rosebud Thorn, I do introduce people to because it helps me understand what's going on. But then mm. sitting and watching how they do their things and then you, how I, like how we do things in security and trans, like trans, uh, translating it into their way of thinking. There was a company that I was consulting for and they were heavy in the design aspect. They brought up their Miro, they started to do the, show me the GUI design. And then they had these little cards and it was like, Joe blogs, such and such likes to use the platform for doing X, Y, Z. He is a family man. He's the age of this and the design personas that everyone uses. And this is, this is probably not a new concept, but it was a new one for me. So I went to the design team and shout out to, to Damien, if he's actually going to listen to this, but he went and drew me up. Part of my role was to do a threat profile, I learned about it, built up a threat profile, built up all the things that could possibly be a threat to this company. And then we went and made personas. So hang on, I can't remember the names of them but hopefully I will be able to. So like Ida impersonator and Ida is the master of deception. She's stolen and forged credentials to gain unauthorized access to systems, always keeping with her true identity and secret. And then we, we put traits. So deceptive, genistic, and then we put in some defense strategies around it. So the ways that we can mitigate those, those threats, API key rotation, token validation, all that kind of stuff that as we, we know as security people will help you prevent the threats and mitigate them, but trying to do it in a different way. So then when they went and designed their system team, they had not only Joe blogs, but they had Ida sitting there. Mm. So that, and then the product manager was like, okay, how are we going to deal with Ida? And then people would start to talk about it. And it's that kind of like looking at how people work already really I think this is a really interesting shift for us as an industry. It's very hard and a sign of maturity for a group to be able to go from being, hey, we're the authority on this thing, here's the thing you should be doing it, to bringing all of your skills and techniques and your experience, but in a subtle non-ego way, we go, cool, you're doing this thing, how can I help weave something new into that? It's Security stops being the main event and it starts being a gentle thread through an existing developer workflow even. So in this process of borrowing these processes and bringing them into Teams, have there been any other kind of things that if you somebody was listening at home and they were going to start on this themselves, any recommendations you'd make for them? I love this. 
That, that's great advice. And I love the idea of just going to a tool that you know, other roles in software are using and just go look at what their templates are, go see what their processes are, what tools they use, because the closer you get to them, the less cognitive load that they have to join you on your adventure, because they already know those tools, these techniques. So if you were going to pick, if you're going to put on your like psychic hat and look forwards in AppSec, Andrew, where do you think it's headed? Where are the big problems and challenges that we're going to be looking at in the next five years? Oh, absolutely. I'm here with my thorns, my thorns for you. I really love this. Uh, the future of application security, instead of being a blocker as a coach and an enabler and as an inspiration, but then ultimately no longer needed in the way that it currently is. What an ideal dream that would be. Um, and perhaps folks who are listening can take some of the guidance from this, go move a little closer to their dev teams, work in ways they're already familiar with and see how many people you can inspire like Andrew to get their little light bulb moments. Um, if we were to follow along with your adventures after this, Andrew, um, and Taiko, look at me, I can say it, learning, we can do it too. If we would follow along with your adventures, what's the best way to catch up with you and what you're up to? That's incredible. And what a generous offer there. It's absolutely fine. There are many of us not on the social medias, but what a lovely offer. Do reach out to myself, reach out to Andrew. Reach out to others in your community because sometimes sitting down and having a chat, even if it's recorded for the internet like this, be really helpful for everyone involved. Right, Andrew, it has been an absolute delight to have you here. I'm sure we are going to catch up again at some point in the future as you explore further into how to make application security part of everyone's world. So thank you for coming on and being a guest. <laughs> I'd never call it that. I literally have a unicorn in my background team. Airy fairies all go with me. Right, team at home, you know the drill at this point. Now, I've been reading books about podcasts, and apparently I'm not supposed to tell you to like and subscribe. I'm supposed to tell you to go and recommend this podcast to a friend. So off you go. Go find a friend, make friends, give them cake, possibly a podcast. Who knows? That's apparently how this works. If you are going to be wonderfully brave like Andrew and want to share what you're working on with whatever you're building in the world, come and have a chat to us. Um, if you visit www.buildamazingthingssecurely.com, we've got a fancy domain now, uh, you can sign up to be a guest and you can check out our previous episodes. So thank you for your ears. We look forward to seeing you on the internet again soon. And thank you, Andrew, one more time for being such a wonderful guest today.